my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. We now come to part three of Lesson 30 on the doctrine of eschatology or the doctrine of last things. In part three of our study, the part we are on today, we are going to see what the Bible says about Daniel's 70th week and about the judgment seat of Christ. We'll get right into our study right after this. Now, the purpose of Daniel's 70th week deals with Israel, not the church. Look at Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And let's read it together. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So God says that he is going to send Elijah to Israel to prepare them for the coming of the Lord. This is what we've just read in this scripture. When John the Baptist showed up, his message was a message to prepare Israel for the coming of Messiah. In fact, Jesus plainly shows that if Israel had received him, John the Baptist was Elijah. Look at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 14. The scripture says, if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. Elias is the New Testament word for the Old Testament word, Elijah. Israel rejected the message of John the Baptist as a whole, that is, as a nation. And so they are still awaiting the coming of their Messiah. When I was a young pastor, pastoring Flower Avenue Baptist Church in Stanton, California, I had the privilege of working with and seeing the Lord win a young Jewish man to the Lord. His name, Barry Margolis. After Barry got saved, he told me that Israel was looking for the coming of Elijah, not the coming of the Messiah. For Elijah must first come, according to Malachi. Well, this he told me after getting saved. He got saved by comparing the Old Testament with the New Testament. He got as far as Matthew chapter 11 and verse 14. When he read that the scripture said John the Baptist was Elijah, he knew that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. That was his testimony after receiving Christ as his Messiah. What Israel as a nation missed, Barry Margolis got. And that was the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. And by what a change there was in Barry's life. And what a change there is when we come to Jesus and find him as our Savior, the Messiah of Israel. I say a change in Barry's life because Barry told me one time, he said, you get a Gentile saved, you get a Christian. You get a Jew saved, you get an evangelist. And that's what Barry became, was an evangelist. And by the way, that's what we all should become. So, once more, I want to say plainly and clearly that the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine alone agrees with the Word of God. All the other positions, the post-tribulation and the mid-tribulation, don't pass the test 
of believing what God says, believing that God means what he says and says what he means. God said it, that settles it. The doctrine of the imminent return of our Lord Jesus Christ gives many signs to Israel that precede his coming for Israel, yet none are given to the church as to what will precede the catching out of the believers in the rapture. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Paul says that they had turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. We, like the believers in Thessalonica, are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, waiting for him to deliver us from the wrath to come, the tribulation period. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, we see that our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the scriptures repeat for us the fact that we are looking for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the tribulation period. We're not looking for the tribulation period. We're looking for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it seems there is an interval between the rapture and the second coming during which the judgment seat of Christ will take place. Then he will present his church at the marriage of the Lamb at the end of the tribulation period without spot, without blemish. We see this judgment seat of Christ spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. It says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Notice that the scripture says that we must. This is not an optional appearing. It is a necessary set appointment, a definite set appointment. Not only is it set, but it says all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not one Christian is exempted from this appearing. Now the outcome of the judgment seat of Christ is every believer receiving rewards for the thing done in his body, whether it's good or bad. Remember, this appearing is not optional. It's an absolute necessity. A necessity which 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11 calls the terror of the Lord. It says, knowing the terror of the Lord. Imagine appearing before the judgment seat of Christ, and rather than receiving rewards, we receive nothing but ashes. Ashes because of failure to serve the Savior in this life. Choosing rather to serve the world, which passeth away in the lust thereof. Certainly such an outcome should be a terror to us as Christians, and will be in that day. The fact is, the possibility of getting nothing but ashes at the judgment seat of Christ is the very thing set forth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 to 15. 
Listen to what the scripture tells us, and let's be warned by it. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Our works are certain to be tried. They're not tried to determine our salvation, but to determine the rewards of our service since we got saved. Now, gold, silver, and precious stones, those will stand the fire. There's no question about that. And rewards will follow. But think about wood, hay, and stubble. They're all dead materials. And the fire will devour them, leaving nothing but ashes. What a tragedy that will be. The question is, what will we have at the end of that judgment? Will it be rewards or ashes? Remember, this is not a trial of or for the determination of our salvation. But it is a trial of our service. What will you have? Will your works abide the fire of testing? We are told of a great certainty that is already determined. The reality of that certainty is the fact that the Lord will present his church to himself without spot and without blemish. We're told this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 27. Look at it. Listen to what the scripture says. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So there's no question about it. The Lord will cleanse his church and set us straight before him, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us, through Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7 tells us, for all eternity, we will be trophies of the grace and mercy of our Lord and our God, our Savior and our Redeemer. So, we can see that the pre-tribulation rapture agrees with the literal interpretation of Scripture, and that makes it the truth. It's not the truth because I say so or because you say so. It's because it agrees with Scripture. For the Word of God is truth, John chapter 17 and verse 17 declares. Our destiny as born-again believers and its certainty is declared in the fact that we are presently seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to the book of Ephesians. Those that get saved during the tribulation, however, are, are destined to live on this earth. 
This is what we read in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34, which says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Their home for eternity is on the redeemed earth forevermore. Now, after the rapture, we see that Daniel's 70th week shall come upon this earth. Daniel's 70th week is a time of tribulation and great tribulation. This is the time that Jesus speaks of in Matthew chapter 24, verses 21 through 22, where he says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. This is going to be a terrible time, a time so bad in the end that the Lord said he has to shorten the days or no one would survive it, not even the elect. This time of tribulation is backed up by prophecy in both the Old and New Testament. We see it spoken of in Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 4 through 7. Listen to it. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. Notice, this is spoken concerning Israel. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling and of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with, with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Now again, notice, this is the time of Jacob's trouble, not the church's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. No question about it. This is Jacob's trouble. Ezekiel the prophet speaks concerning this time, this terrible time. In Ezekiel chapter 20 and chapter 22, Malachi speaks of it in chapter 3 of Malachi. Zechariah speaks of it in chapter 13. And others of the Old Testament prophets speak of this time, calling it that day, Isaiah says in Isaiah 5 and verse 30. The latter days, and Ezekiel says in Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse 16. The prophet Joel calls it the day of the Lord. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 1 and chapter 3 and verse 14. In our study then, we see Daniel's 70th week deals with Israel. Israel is given signs that point to our Lord's physical return to this earth. We have also seen the Christian relies not on signs, but is to be ready at any moment for the Lord to catch us out of this world. After we have been raptured into heaven, we as Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, where we will receive our rewards or suffer loss of rewards. That according to our service for the Savior since we got saved. Are you ready for the Lord's return in the air to receive us unto himself? If not, be a real good idea to get ready right now. For the Lord will certainly come, just as he promised.
God says what he means and means what he says. God bless you till the next lesson.